right, we are back here on the podcast talking about episode 11, The Mandalorian, The Heiress. And joining me today to do the weekly recap of it, a voice we've not heard on this podcast in a while, but people, long-time listeners familiar with this guy, Nick D'Alessio is back. Nick, how are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you? Doing pretty good. Nice to have you back after over a 100-episode hiatus. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't even think about it until you just mentioned it. It's been, uh, I think, the, the, what was it, the March Madness picks with Will Smith, like, yeah, that back, last year. <laughs> yeah, back when March Madness actually happened. Right, yeah. So, yeah, not, oh, wow, not even this much. That's right. This whole year has been a blur. So, yeah, two marches ago. <laughs> yeah, so how's everything been? Good. Yeah, good. Can't complain. Uh, just doing pretty much the same thing everyone else has been doing, working, trying to stay healthy and safe. So Yeah, that I, I hear you on that. And we're going to talk about The Mandalorian today, episode number three of the season. And what's your background of the show? How'd you get into it? So, I... um. I guess the the Mandalorian or just Mandalorian. Star Wars in general. <laughs> just Mandalorian. Um, just Mandalorian, right? Yeah, because uh, I don't know how much time we have to start going into Star Wars in general. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think uh, pretty much right when it first launched, I saw the trailers, and uh, specifically that one scene in the trailer when um, Mando like pulls the guy into the door and then shuts the door on him, and then it like does a hard cut. That's when I was like, oh. Oh, I need to watch this show. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a sucker for anything Star Wars anyway. So once they have some really awesome looking Mandalorian armor and a show based around a Mandalorian, I, I was instantly like as soon as I saw the first trailer, I was like, this is something I need to watch. And I, I didn't have Disney Plus, but I made sure that I got Disney Plus specifically for this. Yeah, this is the one that gets you into Disney Plus, and first season was great. First two episodes this year, I feel like everyone agrees that the premiere was awesome. Episode two, kind of eh. Yeah, yeah, I think because the, the premiere, which I'm sure you've talked about in previous episodes already, so I won't go too in-depth, but they take down a giant friggin' worm dragon, <laughs> and that's, the, that's awesome, you know? And then uh, episode two is just kind of, hey, let's get this frog lady to her husband, and then they don't even do that, and kind of... Yeah, it's it's kind of a setup to the next episode. So sometimes the setup ones aren't as entertaining. So yeah, yeah. I also want to say about the shout out to episode one, like episode one again. The premiere is like that. We I don't know how big of a nice old republic guy you are. That was a direct shout out to that game with the crate dragon. Is, was that a nice old republic reference? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, cause I, I remember thinking like I I didn't want to be like oh I remember that from the video games or something, but I was kind of like. Let's, that looks really familiar. <laughs> it literally is from the video games. There's that one side quest on Tatooine where you go and you have to kill the Kray Dragon with Kalo Nord. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. It's funny then because it's, it's so much of like the extended Star Wars universe, is, which is now what, Legends? Yeah. Uh, it's like they're, uh, it seems like they're trying to be like, hey, some of this was actually good, so we're, we're going to make this canon again. Yeah, I think the way I look at it is I feel like the Knights of the Republic games are definitely canon because that's way before the established like universe of the show and the movies. But like, I feel like any of those old novels that took place pre post Return of the Jedi, those have all been written off as legends. Okay, yeah, because the, the even Kotor goes a lot into um, like the Mandalorian Wars, and like that's more relevant now than it ever has been. So, yeah. Yeah, so let's get into the episode itself. I'm going to put the spoiler warning up for the audience. If you have not list, watched episode 11 yet, the heiress, make sure you 
hop out, check that out unless you want. Don't care, we're getting spoiled. So here we go. <laughs> All right, you've been warned. You can get out. You can go watch the episode. And I think, I think honestly, this might be the best episode of the season, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to say the premiere because there was a lot of action right off the bat. But if you think about the bigger picture, this is the one that you'll probably look back on and think, oh, man, a lot happened in this episode. Yeah, a lot did. And, I mean, we pick up right from where we left off in episode 10 where the damaged Razor Crest is trying to land on the planet tracks to bring the frog lady back to her husband and... They say he did not stick the landing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't remember season one being this funny. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe I just need to rewatch it. Yeah. But there's like a whole lot of funny little things that happen, even down to like how many of the frog ladies' babies did, did babies go <laughs> to eat? <laughs> like they don't address that at all. And she oh. doesn't seem upset that her, her, you would think she would know she makes such a big deal that this is the last of her kind, the last of her line. And does she not know how many eggs are in that thing? Yeah. Like, from what I can tell, I think he eats like four of them, right? Or five of them. I don't know. And he even eats one in front of her. You might have even more when she was asleep. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it's funny. I like how the, um, just to go back into the humor that the the port guard guy or whatever the one that's watching the ship go, he's just completely unfazed. The ship's yeah. coming in way too hot, yeah. and then uh, finally you're like, "Oh no, Mando's a great pilot. He's going to land it." And then it just stops right before, and then just the slow tip into the water. I was like, "I actually laughed. Like that was actually funny." Yeah, they did that great shout out the music too, where they play up the swell on music. Like he's going to pull us up, and then he just splat into the water, and you see you, yeah. see, you see it being like basically like like picked up by the the uh, Star Wars version of a tow truck. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for him to, if you think about how long and difficult that was to go sub-light speed all the way to there and all this crap that they went through, and then finally it comes down to him splashing in water and getting towed. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's actually funny. Like I, said, I don't remember the first season being funny, but yeah. maybe I just need to rewatch it. So. Yeah. I was like another funny moment in the episode. I know they try to play it as heartwarming, but the way the music plays when you see the frog lady see her husband from across the port and they, they, and the music yeah. just swells. They kind of do the slow motion running on the beach like, reunion with each other. I just thought that was so fun. Yeah, that, that was like one of the few moments where I was like, what are we watching right now? <laughs> Most of the stuff involving the frog lady, because uh, in the last episode, I was, I was talking about it with you just a little bit off air when like, when she's like, she speaks off into that cave and she's taking a bath. Like that was kind of uncomfortable. Like, I was yeah. like, what are we watching right now? Amanda's just picking up her eggs and throwing them in a jar. Like the whole frog lady thing. It, 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 I guess that you need to make the show. If it's just constantly just dark and, and, and gritty, it, it could get old. So I guess they throw that dynamic in to mix it up a little bit. Is this frog lady was weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will also say the props to Mando for, for span looks like it's about a span of about two days learning learning her language. Now he's able to communicate with them effectively. Oh, you know, yeah, you're right because she like hacked into that robot to talk to him. But yeah, by the end of it, she's she's understanding him and he's understanding her. Yeah, yeah, they did that so casually. I didn't even realize that was what was going on. But yeah, yeah, I guess he did learn the language. Yeah, he learned it quickly. We see he asked the husband like, "I'm looking for a Mandalorian contact," and he doesn't need the translator. He doesn't need to get somebody to explain it to him. He figures it out, and then they go to this bar to basically get information. And it was cool to see the Mon Calamari Admiral Akbar species show up again. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess that's the way that they speak was not specific to Akbar. That they all yeah. kind of have that. It's a trap kind of voice. <laughs> yeah, definitely do. He goes to the bar anyway. They like you see bait. I got our first fun baby Yoda moment of the episode where he gets the broth and then he gets attacked by the uh, squid in the broth and man's like, "Don't play with your food." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, like it, it, it's almost like having a small child. Because actually, do we? Did they ever confirm how young Baby Yoda is? Or yeah, yeah he's. I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody calls him Baby Yoda too. Like he's he's not Baby Yoda, but that's just he, what we reference him as. Yeah, he's fifty, which I guess in terms of Yoda's actually, Yoda's like nine hundred when he dies. So I guess technically this, this is a baby. Right. So he is. He is a baby. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Again, just that that little bit of humor that they're having. Like I guess a small child with this this seasoned hardcore military type person. It's just, it's a funny dynamic. Yeah. Don't play with your food as the food is trying to murder him. Yeah. Yeah, So anyway, he finds out like he meets the guy and the guy says, I know where you can find Mandalorians. They bring him out to the open seas. And I think I make my grin. John Stanga points out. Like, do you remember another time where she had a scene on the sea in a star Wars property? I don't know. Definitely unusual. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they have they can fly. So yeah. like why do they go in water? <laughs> and uh and guess what? There was a trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wish I had pulled the Admiral Akbar clip of him yelling, It's a trap because it was would have been appropriate for this episode, but Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so he goes and then the ship basically has this killer mammacore on the ship and the Quarren's basically trick Mando to go on there because they wanted to steal the Beskar armor. They they fling baby Yoda's canister into the Manicor. Manicor eats it. And then they fling Mando in there, and he gets himself trapped under the grates, and he's about to get basically killed. And also, we have a Mandalorian squad come in, save the day, basically murder all these Quarren. One dives into the Manicor and gets baby Yoda out of there. And this, this is pretty cool, this fight. Yeah, did you have very faint, like... Power Rangers thoughts when they swoop in and they just start like punching everything because it's Disney. There isn't like any gore, really yeah. any like major violence. I was like, oh man, the Power Rangers are here. Like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was the moment when as soon as I hit Baby Yoda into the Mama Corp pit, I was like, oh, oh no. Like, obviously, you know that Baby Yoda's not going to die and you know that Mando's not going to die in this episode, but. I like that they make the stakes like there's been multiple times now where both of them were in pretty bad danger. So it's not like they're, it's not like they're just, you know, beating everybody up and taking names. Like they're, they're, they're grinding through it pretty hard. And had the other Mandalorians not showed up, like who knows what would have happened. I don't know if he would have gotten out of that. Yeah. We got to talk about these Mandalorians because three of them show up and then, at the end, you tell he's excited because he's seen Mandalorians, and you can tell that without him taking the mask off, but then they take their helmets off, and you can tell, even without looking at it, he's seething because he's like, this is not the way, and then we, yeah. s- we see... Yeah, yeah. Back to the other guy that took off the mask, yeah, he, that, that goes against everything he believes in, yeah. Yeah. And then we found more about this group. We had This group is the led by Bo-Katan of the Clan Crisis, who was played by K-Sack off of Battlestar Galactica fame, and they get some big actors on this show now. Yeah, she's. I, I believe she's actually the voice actress that plays the same character in the Clone Wars and yeah. Rebels. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, which I, I guess I should make this full disclosure now. If, if you want to take my Star Wars fandom card back, you can. 
I've actually never watched all of Clone Wars or Rebels. So there's there's a lot in that show that I don't know. But as far as just general lore for the for the for Star Wars in general, I know a lot of the major players just from videos and reading stuff and other sources. So I like without knowing the show, I still know who this person is. So when 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 she, when she takes off the helmet, I was like, "Is that going to be um, like Bo?" Yeah. And then obviously later on, you'll find out whether or not she is. Or I guess it was already spoiled that she is. This is a spoiler talk. So when you find out the name later, and I was like, "Ah, okay, that's where they're going with this." Okay. Yeah. So she tells Mando that she was born on Mandalore. She fought in the Purge. Now the last of her line, and basically they have an argument about the the fact that they can take the helmets off, and then. She has something interesting to say. Basically, says that Mando is a child to watch, which they call a cult of zealots that Brookway reestablished the ancient way. And Mando says it's the only way. So, again, I think we have a lot of interesting talk about the fact that Mando has to keep the helmet on. And now they're claiming that that's sort of like a cult, basically, that he's following. Right, right. Because Mando's been our hero this whole time. You know, and yeah. yes, he's a little chaotic, neutral. He's not necessarily a good guy, but he's trying to do the right thing. And then it's revealed like, oh, you're actually from a cult of crazy people that are trying to like make Mandalore great again. You know? yeah. <laughs> so like, so like, once you find out, you're like, oh, that actually explains a good amount. But then you see from last season, like his 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 group that he was with, like they're all just such like honorable, like they mat the code matters to them. So it, it paints that like maybe maybe what Bo-Katan and those, them, that sect that they've interacted with was bad, but yeah. not necessarily everything about Mandalore and the way he believes is a bad thing. Maybe it's just people take it to extremes. So it's, it's too early to know if, what the implication of that's going to be, but it's really interesting to know that Mando, Mando is kind of from a crazy cult. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. And then he basically, they basically ask him to, to come along with them. He says, screw you, I'm leaving. He basically flies back. He gets himself into another ambush where the dead Quarren's brother and his gang try to kill him. And then he has to get saved again. Wait, wait. So it's not a good look for Mando this episode. How did he know that he killed his brother? Yeah. Like, that was fast. Like, did, they're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Like, how did he know the brother was dead right away? That's a very good question. That's a very big plot hole because, like, there's, as soon as no communication going on here. Right, because and then and then the girl and then yeah, obviously then the Mandalorians come back and bail him out again, and she's like, "No, I killed your brother." And the guy's just kind of like, "Oh, well, okay, well, I'm gonna kill you too." <laughs> you know, it's like, how did that information get passed? Unless, unless you know, there's a chance somebody was stashed away on that boat, or they had a video feed, or I don't know. There's there's a million reasons as to why it was happening. But I just thought it was funny. I was like, "How did he know?" Yeah, he that's a good question how he knew. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They they wipe the floor with them. So Mando now owes them twice. They go grab a drink and basically they make a deal because they reveal that their mission, the the Mandalorian group, is that they're trying to reclaim black market weapons that have been stolen from them and they want to try and reclaim Mandalore and they basically make him a deal and say, Hey, you help us get them back get some back from an Imperial battleship and you can and we'll point you in the direction of a Jedi to help bring Baby Yoda back to his kind. I think that's a free fair trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we saved your life twice, so you help us out. And Mando's not one for not making deals, because that's kind of been this whole season so far. And even last season was, right, 
yeah. I need to get from point A to point B. And in order to do that, I need to help these people and, <clears throat> and do this. And then I can get to the next point. So all in all, considering what he could, that he has no leads, has no idea what he's doing, helping some of his own kind steal a ship. Like, or well, no, at this point, it's not stealing a ship. It's just stealing stuff off of the ship, right? Yeah. And then, so, yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's worse deals that could have been made. So. Yeah, obviously, like, he's, he's, he makes those kind of deals all the time. I feel like every episode, you know, this, okay, Mando rolls into town. He's a problem. Mando has to solve the problem, get a little closer to his direction, get information he needs. Yeah, you know, it's, it's when, when, you, when you say it like that, it's almost like the formula at this point is starting to get a little bit stale. But with all of these new things that they're dropping in, all of these like new characters, all these implications, it's kind of like, oh, things are about like things are about to get shaken up pretty in a big way. And like, yeah, that's I'm I'm, I'm glad that they're now kind of putting a slight twist on it, <laughs> and I'm excited to see where it goes. They also do a good job creating these interesting side characters. You want to find out what their problems are and what, how Mando can help them. As opposed to like, oh, here's, like, I think Frog Lady did not work for that reason. That's why I don't think that episode worked. But, like, this one, you're, like, invested. Like, ooh, like, why do they need the, the weapons? Let's see what they do. Right. And then the, that weapon, like, that's that saber that, that, like, black sword, that yeah. lightsaber thing that, um, what's the name, Moth has at the end of last season, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll get to I'm that. Almost positive. He's a, okay, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that. Before we get to this battle on, on the cruiser, though, we do have to account for Baby Yoda because it's too dangerous to take him into. And I thought it was hilarious that we had to have the, the frog lady babysit Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, man, is is he going to – he's going to eat some more eggs. It's yeah. just – it's going to happen. He eats everything. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to eat the eggs in front of them, and it's going to be this whole thing. But uh, I, I don't think that ended up happening. But, yeah, just, just when you thought you were done with frog lady and frog husband – they come right back in. <laughs> yeah, and Mando does tell him, he said, hey, mind your manners while you're here, because he knows that he's going to try to eat the fly yeah. again. Yeah, or even though, yeah, it's funny, anytime, like, Mando addresses the fact that Baby Yoda's murdering her children, yeah. but nobody else does. Even uh, when, when they're scooping the eggs out of the bath in the second episode, Mando just, like, hits Baby Yoda, and he's like, no, you don't do that, no. <laughs> yeah. They definitely don't do that, but we'll get back to that story at the end because that's actually get pretty funny. But we get to this battle on the cruiser, and we see the, the team. The plan is they have to basically fly out of the ship while they're ascending out of the port because the rules say they can't jump the lightspeed until after they clear the airspace. And the the commander on the ship is actually played by Titus Wellover, otherwise known as the man in black and lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm a, were you a big lost guy? That's cool. Um, I, I watched all of it once and then I watched like the first three seasons again, a second time. So yeah. a big enough fan where I, you know, got lost, but uh, yeah. not enough to recognize a lot of characters. But now that you say that, yeah, that does sound very familiar. Yeah. For those who are a bit separate from lost a little bit, like the human form of the smoke monster, that's who Ty as well ever played. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, gotcha. Jake, okay. Jacob's brother. That's it's a simpler parlance. That's who he played. Right, right, okay. Anyway, we get through this whole thing. We get the fight on the ship, which is about the last third of the episode. I think that was probably one of the best battle sequences of the entire show. Yeah, yeah. Did they, did they, I don't, I don't remember if they made a joke about it, but did the Mandalorians kind of joke about how, like, the Stormtroopers have terrible aim? Yes. Or one, did, I, did yeah, I imagine that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of them says, like, <laughs> okay. they, he's like, He's like, they can't hit the broad side of a speeder. Yeah, and I was like, oh, because they said that 
before it was revealed that it was stormtroopers. So I was like, are there going to be stormtroopers on this show? And lo and behold, it's like dozens of stormtroopers and they don't hit a single one of them once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, they Yeah. But that, that, that whole action sequence, yeah, was, was wild. I like the, the slow progression up from each thing. And you see like, it almost, it's funny cause the entire time so far, Mando is the one who's like, badass guy kicking kicking everybody's butts and, and and this time he was kind of trailing behind a little bit like he almost couldn't keep up with them and i thought that was interesting to show yeah it definitely was because now he's actually in people in his own weight class and now he's not like having to deal with outmatched bounty hunters yeah exactly yeah so anyway like i think one of my favorite sequences of this, of this whole thing is like when they're going towards the armory and then they let themselves get trapped in between the armory and like the other hall they were in and right, the, yeah. the, the armory commander like like calls calls the captain and he says, "Hey, like we got them trapped." And he's like, "Where?" And he's like, "Between the armory and the other hull." And then your captain's like, "Like that was not like, a good where? idea." <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. and all of a sudden you see the car the car, the cargo hole open. Every single trooper in there just flies into the air. I'm like, "That's brilliant." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. What, what did he say? He got the cargo release is where they trapped yeah, him, and yeah. like. In your in my head, I'm like cargo release. Yeah, and then yeah, and then they just launch and eat them out of the ship. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was really burst out laughing when I saw that. I'm like, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I again, like this this show's kind of funny now, yeah. and like even, even even like a moment like that, this is like pretty much the climax of the episode. Like this this epic um, choreographed kind of action sequence, and then and then it ends up with them just getting ejected from the ship in a funny way. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that whole sequence is awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And we get, we see them in the armory. We get, we see them get the weapons and then the, uh, Bo-Katan basically like blackmails Mandalorian again and says, Hey, you want the information now? We're going to take the entire ship. We're not going to take the weapons. And he gets really annoyed and she's like, Hey, like I like you want the information this is what we got to do. And I think he doesn't have much of a leg of stand. So they save his butt twice, not just once. Yeah. Yeah, and then she plays a "This is the way" card, I think. Yeah, and um, you you can tell that bothers him because when the the way for him is very very honorable, strict, honorable. Yeah, yeah. and she's clearly like if you know a little bit about Bo and the, what's happened, the events that took place before this this episode, just in the extended stuff, you can. T- I think she's at a point where she's willing to do just about anything that she needs to do to get back into power. And that doesn't go along with Mando's beliefs. So I think that's a seed that's been planted for a future conflict of some type, I think. Yeah, it is. And we also hear from Moff Gideon, who we last saw at the end of season one, he talks to the commanders and he basically tells, uh, Ty's character, like, you know what to do. You can't let them take the ship. And then, he basically offs his two pilots and is going to kamikaze the whole ship. So, brutal yeah. enemies, those two poor little pilots. Look like they had no idea what they signed up for. The Empire, man. They, the little bits that are left of the Empire, they're, they're ruthless. Like, yeah. I, I, it's, I, I love seeing that because, like, your, your, your knowledge of the Empire is, if it's from the movies, you know, you know they're evil. But when you see him being like the ship's captured we can't save you you know what you got to do and he takes out two of his own men and is ready just to take his own life too yeah. like that's that's some intense stuff right there that's that's you you sign up for the empire it's it's not about you it's a much bigger thing and i think that's it's 
it's good to see that the enemy is still well, it's not good to see that the enemy is still that functioning <laughs> if you're man, no. But I'm just saying from a storytelling wise, like just because well, just because I was gonna say just because Palpatine is gone, but yeah, well <laughs> yeah. Um it's uh it's it's they're still going strong. I think in terms of the timeline, it's an interesting point because I think that there's still a fragment of the Empire. I think this must take place the series prior to the Battle of Jakku for, that was referenced in A Force Awakens. So I think like this, this prior this is prior to the real fall of the Empire. I think this is still the period where the New Republic exists, but we have all the remnants trying to salvage power for the Empire. Right, because this is after Return of the Jedi, right? But yes. it's before the Force Awakens. I think that's where it takes place. Yeah. So, right, so just because you cut the head off off of the Empire doesn't mean that there's still remnants of it that you need to clean up, and that those remnants are still going pretty strong, as you can tell. Yeah, they are, and then we get this epic sequence where they're trying to fight their way into the cockpit, and we see that they got, like, a garrison of stormtroopers there, and I thought Mrs. Mando's moment to shine the episode where he basically says, cover me, he takes all the fire, and basically runs to a hail of somehow accurate blaster fire from stormtroopers, but manages to throw two, gr- <laughs> two grenades into the, into the ranks, and just kills all of them in one shot. Yeah, well, as accurate as stormtroopers can be, because they only hit his armor. They didn't hit the soft spots in between the armor. Yeah. So the, the one time that they're accurate, they're still not that accurate. But yeah, that uh, that armor is for real. Like it's you, you, you know when when they make it, it's a big deal, and then you see how strong it is. I mean, how many times does he get shot and hit, and it, yeah. it just bounces off of him? But it, it gives a good like. This is why when people see that armor, they want to double cross him because. That stuff is for real. Yeah, it's really dope. And they get to the cockpit, and then we find out, as you mentioned earlier, that Bo-Katan is looking for the Darksaber, which is a big, like, Clone Wars plot point, and we saw Moff Gideon has at the end of the season, and Ty's Welliver's character takes the electric suicide capsule, which looks a very painful way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, again, just to show you how, how the Empire is not messing around. Like, yeah. they would rather die than even give any bit of information. And and granted, he said, I think he said something along the lines of, he's like, well, if you don't kill me, then they will. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just going to do it and not tell you guys anything. Um, but yeah, that, that dark saber, that's, that's going to be, I believe it's whoever's in possession of that becomes the Mandalore, like the leader yeah. of the Mandalorians. And I think that's why she's desperately trying to get it back. So that's, that's going to be interesting to see which direction that moves in. Yeah, we we do get that direction. They offer Mando a spot to stay. He says, "No, I have my own quest I have to complete." And then they get they do an interesting name drop there. They they mention Ahsoka Tano, also from Clone Wars fame. So, yeah, she's I know she's like a fan favorite. Like everybody loves her, and and you know it's it's funny. Like you think you're done with the Skywalkers, right? And then oh, here comes uh, Anakin's apprentice or Padawan or I, I like I said I didn't watch the full show, so I don't know the full relationship but i know she's fought alongside anakin and and obi-wan and like when 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 they said there's jedi around you know i'm thinking which jedi are still alive right now yeah. at this point because you got luke and that's it that's that's about it i mean you know leia's force sensitive you know luke eventually trains her but like so i'm like are they gonna bring a skywalker back here but no they bring the one that trained under anakin and I'm like, interesting, because the Jedi that's going to be in this now left the Order and the Council, and she's kind of like a rogue Jedi, so I I, I have no idea where they're going to go with this. But that was, that was a very interesting name to drop, to call back to yeah. 
previous stuff that had happened. Yeah, we're going to see her very soon, I'm sure. And I do think we're going to see this Mandalorian crew again. I would not be shocked if we see them again before the end of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. There's going to be everything is going to come to a head. Like all of these little pieces that you're getting introduced to little by little, it, there's going to be a moment where they're either all in the same spot or in the same battle, or it's it's going to come to a head. And I, I, I'm, I'm so curious to see where it goes. I also think we haven't even get Frog Lady again because based on how much they use her in this episode, I feel like they like that character a lot. Which character was that? Frog Lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really like Frog Lady. So, and, you know, Frog Lady's actually, uh, she's like a pretty good hacker. She just hacks into that robot like pretty easily. So, who knows? Maybe she might actually be pretty useful. <laughs> yeah. And we'll go back to Frog Lady for a minute because we do get a little bit cut in of like Baby Yoda hanging out with them. He's. We see him just watching the baby, watching like the baby frog hatch. He's like just like in awe of it, and then he's like playing with the baby frog. That was like another very fun baby Yoda moment. Yeah, and and I'm thinking, man, just don't eat it, don't yeah. eat it, baby, <laughs> don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, but he's like not as in eating. He like wants it to be basically. He wants to have the the, ba- the baby frog as a pet. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because yeah, I think uh, Mando says something along the lines of, "We are, I already have enough pets." Yeah. Right. Like so. Yeah. So we. Oh, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe that frog baby might be important. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that they, all the frog babies has. They have some sort of incredible, like, life's, like, incredibly fast, like, development cycle. And at the end of the season, they come up and there's, like, an army of frog warriors ready to help Mando fight whatever fight he needs. Honestly, like, who knows? I mean, you know Baby Yoda's Force-sensitive, so maybe, like, well, A, he's so fascinated with it because he wants to eat them. But, like, who knows? Maybe he, like, actually, like, comes to something about them, like, too soon to tell. I don't know if that's a stretch, but possible it is possible and we get to the end of the sh- end of this episode and now we see him flying off we see him going to try and find ahsoka to know and i wonder if we're going to get there next episode we're going to see him sidetracked again like kind of what happened with the episode one thing with the boba fett where we saw him looking we never got to him again okay so i i, I don't know i didn't listen to that first episode spoiler talk because I, I i only caught up last night that's boba fett right yes it is like, is that pretty much confirmed that guy standing at the at the it's end the, of episode it, one? That's Boba it, Fett? It's the same actor who played Django Fett. We know that Boba Fett's one of the Django clones, so. Right. Yeah. Okay, and, and that armor that the guy had in the first episode, that was Boba Fett's armor, right? Yes. I'm like, Even, I, I, the, I'm, the, I'm watching it, and I'm like, is every Mandalorian armor Boba Fett's armor? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I was like, that looks a lot like Boba Fett. So, okay. Yeah. So, interesting. I, I think I would not be shocked. We have another like something sidetrack us before we get to Ahsoka to know if that's a big pull. But again, we are halfway through the season, so I wouldn't be shocked if we get to her next episode. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it happens next episode. I think that I think that Boba Fett reveal is going to come into fruition. I think like can, can I go into a little bit of a sure. like a fan the- a theory here? Sure. What I think is going to happen? Like yeah. I think that Boba Fett is going to. A, try to get his armor back because I just think he, you know, why else would he be there on Tatooine if not looking for his armor? And then I think he, now that he knows Baby Yoda's a thing, I wonder if he's like, I failed the Empire once before. Here's my chance to get back in their good graces. I think he's going to maybe try to kidnap Baby Yoda and then that's going to be a confrontation. I don't think Boba Fett's going to help out Mando. I think it's the opposite. I think Boba Fett, I mean, how, how long was he in a Sarlacc pit for? Yeah. I guess you can come out of those. I thought nobody makes it out of those, but... Oh, and, I mean, you know when they said that, that dragon ate the Sarlacc pit? Yeah. I wonder if that has something to do with Boba Fett's release. Yeah. Or maybe that's just a reference. I don't know. 
anyway, side side tangent. I think Boba Fett's going to try to kidnap Baby Yoda, try to get back in the good graces of the Empire, and that's going to be a couple of episode arc of that confrontation. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting theory because a lot of people have always assumed they're going to work together. But you think, but this is going to take a those be of opposition of each other. Yeah, I think I think Boba Fett's been burned by the Jedi and the Rebellion too much yeah. to where he's like, if he has any chance to help the Empire, I mean, the Jedi killed his father. Yeah. And, you know, the Jedi are responsible for him almost dying, him losing his armor, him losing everything. So I, I don't see a scenario where he helps them get to the Jedi unless he kind of plays along to get two remaining Jedi to then turn on them. But I don't think Boba Fett, I think Boba Fett either is already evil or he turns heel. I don't think he's going to help out for very long. Yeah, let's just, let's get let's wrap this episode up here. We'll get the last funny point in here, which is we go back to the Razor Crest and we see at the beginning of the episode that the Mandalorian paid the Mon Calamari a thousand credits to fix the ship. And basically they just put a bunch of duct tape on the ship. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the guy, you know, to, to, to the guy's credit, he did say in the beginning, he's like, I can make it fly. Yeah. He never said he was going to fix it. He's, he's, he's like, uh, I'll do what I can, but I'll, I'll make it fly. And he did make it fly. But yeah, he did put on, he literally just put like rope and duct tape and yeah. <laughs> bubble gum, whatever he could find and just shoved it back together. But it, 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 it's flying, so. It is flying. It is a very interesting, very interesting ride. I wonder when we're actually going to get this ship fixed because I think that's, that sort of limits where we can go storytelling wise with the Razor Crest being half broken. Yeah, so I wonder if that's how they go back to Tatooine because he knows the the girl with the droids that can fix his ship and he trusts her. So I wonder maybe, and Tatooine's not that far. So I think maybe they go back to Tatooine and that's when what I think is going to be the Boba Fett arc starts to happen. Yeah, and, Pel- and bringing Pelmod back again for another episode will be fun. Yeah, yeah, I like her character. I like her droids. And I, I think they, they have a, a good dynamic with Mando. So bringing her back again, I don't see any problem with that. Also, I think the best part of this episode, very tight 35 minutes, which is like they gave you a lot for the time you were watching the show. Yeah, you know, I, I ended up watching them. Um, I've just been so busy. I watched all three episodes in one sitting. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, by the time I got to the end of that, I was like, oh, that that was it. I thought this was going to be – like, I felt good at the end of it, but I, just, I thought it was going to be a little bit longer. But it didn't need to be longer. It didn't – like, they're not stretching any – unimportant details out there they're just like this is what we're doing we got a lot of stuff to get through let's move on now <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very very fun show nick thanks all the time I really appreciate it before i let you go how can people follow you on social media keep up some of the stuff you're doing oh okay um so if you go to twitch.tv slash the recovery room um that's my twitch channel that's where the um i do a lot of live streams and through that, there's links to Twitter and Instagram and YouTube for any previous streams that you may have missed. It's all archived on YouTube. And yeah, if anybody wants to check out, hang out with me, play some video games and chat, yeah, twitch.tv slash the recovery room. All right, check that out. Nick, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike.